This is Giovanni Bernard, and you're listening to The Gridiron Show. We're not even doing an intro to the show because... uh, Hello, and welcome to the first ever... Gridiron Pretcast. <laughs> uh, I'm going to switch ears that I'm on, even though that's going to be really annoying to listen to. And then I find out it doesn't flip that way. So there we go. Good start to the Pretcast. I mean, so we're right next to, <laughs> underneath the music and next to a buzzing fridge. So, <laughs> who Lord knows how this is going to sound, because for some reason, the level coming through on my headphones is not very loud at all. So... Uh, I can hear it, but you might be hearing some smooth lounge jazz in the background throughout the show. Well, no, I am, because I don't have headphones on, but that's fine. Uh, so, yeah, welcome to the first ever Pretcast. We are sat directly opposite the Shaw Theatre and the Pullman Hotel. Where Sorry, the what? The Shaw Theatre and the, the Pullman George Hotel. Bernard Shaw <laughs> Theatre and the Bill Pullman Hotel. You can continue that brilliant joke from work earlier. I liked it. I thought it was good. Clearly. <laughs> You've made it abundantly clear how much you enjoyed that right. joke. <laughs> um, we've just been sat down with... Um, we've just been asked by Sherry what time we need him. Can you message him and say, uh, it's not going to happen, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's live on the podcast. That's staying in as well. Uh, so we are sat directly opposite because we have just been sat down with Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr and Harrison Smith of the Minnesota Vikings. They are over here for the... Um, uh, for the NFL UK tour, it's the final night tonight in London. Jay Ajayi has just been on stage talking with the fans, with Neil and with Jeff. And then the Vikings are up next. We sat down with them for a full half an hour. And that is going to be coming up later on on this very show. And we're going to preview this weekend's games uh, because it is championship weekend. So uh, we are, as always, in association with Touchdown Trips. Check them out at touchdowntrips.com or go to the Facebook Touchdown Trips. And we're getting a lot of interest in our tour for next year. So get involved nice and early. It's looking like the numbers are going to be really good for it. 20 plus people. Uh, So... It's going to be fantastic. Really looking forward to it. We're going to be going to the Deep South. And don't worry, we're going to make sure that it is not arranged around the International Series games. Because we are very aware that they've announced the dates, the confirmed dates of the first two. Jags, uh, Ravens, Week 3. And then Week 4, Saints at Dolphins. And then the two Twickenham games, including the Vikings we've just spoken to, will be happening in Weeks 7 and 8. We don't know which weeks yet. It's a nice gap, isn't it? I like that gap. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking we don't want to do our thing in that gap, though, do we? Because we don't want to go, here's two weeks of International Series games. Now let's go away for a week and a half and then come back to two weeks. Okay. You're kind of shooting your load in the first eight weeks of the season then. Don't use that phrase again on the... <laughs> it's a family show. Um, we are sat, this is the most middle-class podcast. We're sat here drinking chai lattes. Okay, I'll tell you a story about the chai lattes. I went, we ordered chai lattes from, from uh, the nice lady uh, at the counter found out she's Spanish, found out she's a Basque, so, started oh talking God. about bit, my, my love of everything uh, Basque, Vasco, um, got them on the house. You just got these on the house? <laughs> got them on the house. After you were at the thing going, don't worry mate, I'll get these. <laughs> well, I think you'll find I got them anyway. Uh, that's incredible. Oh, yeah. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> they, they knew that we were obviously huge name radio DJs and <laughs> decided that we deserved to get free coffees. That's amazing. Well done, mate. Yeah, but what I was going to ask was, we don't want to do it in the middle, so it's either before or after. Now, the Deep South can be quite warm and sticky, sort of early, early September. 
I think it's going to... If I was going to guess, I'd say we'd do it after. Week 9, 10, 11. Like, and then we're in the business end of the season as well. Particularly if we get to go to the new Falcon Stadium. That could be really good fun. Particularly if we get to go to... Uh, we're going to Tennessee, going to New Orleans. Let's provisionally say after. But those who are really interested, let us know if you really would like it to go before. Um, you know, we'll, 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 Maybe we'll poll it. Tickets are selling very well for our Super Bowl party as well. Uh, it's capacity uh, that we're probably closing in on well over a third to closing in on a half of. That's incredible. Uh, so you need to get your tickets in now. We're going to know who the teams are by the next time we record a podcast. Maybe they'll be drunkenly on Sunday night. Maybe they'll be hungover on Monday morning. Who knows yet? Uh, <laughs> yeah. We can't just nip, it, nip around the corner to Global to do it. So. Yeah, but we could just nip down the road to Southwark to do it. Or we could bring this wonderful recording setup and do it in the Hippodrome smoking area uh, upstairs as soon as the games are finished with no analysis in our minds, having only half watched the games and see how well that comes out. I would say no. <laughs> Let's not do that. Uh, look, there's a few stories kicking around the NFL before we get to today's two games. Let's start off with, um, we talked about NFL UK uh, confirming the two games. Zach Orr retiring from the NFL. Now, this is a topic I brought up with the guys from the Vikings, so we'll hear their thoughts on it in a little while. Uh, he's retir- retired due to a congenital neck and spine condition. Uh, he had a phenomenal year this year, really grew into the role, came into the league two, three years ago now as an undrafted free agent has just grown and grown and grown. The partnership he had with CJ Mosley was getting to be just superb in the centre of that Ravens. And it, this is a huge blow for them and obviously for the player himself. Absolutely gutting. The way that it became clear what was happening was pretty devastating in itself. You know, has a what looks like not too major... I mean, a, a cracked bone, but nothing that's going to keep him out for longer than the off-season. He goes to the MRI scan, it reveals this other issue and he calls it a day there and then and devastating. Yeah, massively devastating, and it's a growing trend that NFL players have decided, thankfully, that um, their health is bigger than earning more and more money. Zach Orr is is a guy who kind of did the the dirty work, which allowed CJ Mosley to be that really, really exciting player for the Baltimore Ravens last season and I think or this season in fact and I think he'll be hugely missed is yet another need for the Ravens in this upcoming draft and free agency Uh, let's um, uh, look forward to a couple of other bits of news that came out Andrew Luck's shoulder surgery could be about six months we've heard that that's uh that's something that's apparently been lingering with him since 2015, since that injury hit season. So, I, you know, I, I had some thoughts on it, but we've got a limited amount of time before this prep closes. So let's save that for the off-season. <laughs> You're 100% right. The, the Raiders have officially filed to move to Las Vegas. Now, I've made my feelings clear on this already. Already I'm frustrated that it's the Raiders who are talking about going to Vegas because the fact is the Raiders probably have the biggest support existing in L.A. So 100%. Wh- so why you don't put them in L.A. and put a team like the Chargers, who you seem determined to hustle out of San Diego, whoever you might be, why not put them in Las Vegas where they don't have... L.A. don't want San Diego. The Chargers, sorry. The Chargers don't particularly want to move. The Raiders don't particularly want to move, but L.A. would be a better choice for them. It all seems a bit ridiculous to me. And the fact is, is I have an issue with the, the, the idea of the Las Vegas Raiders as a transient fan base, is the fact that, yes, you'll probably get five to 10,000 season ticket holders, but that's nothing compared with a regular NFL team. And then everything else will either be people on a weekend, people on a jolly, a lot of away supporters. It's just, 
you go from the black hole to that. I think it's because it's the Raiders it makes me so angry. It's weird. It's going to be a weird experience, I think, all, all around. For, uh, and a new, it, it could be an experience a bit like the early London games where there are fans that are there for the, you know, for, for the experience of being there rather mm-hmm. than actual fans of the particular teams. It's like a novelty. Oh, let's go and watch an American football game in in LA. I think it's going to be a strange experience. And, and equally, like if you're a road team, you know, if like next season, so say the Raiders go next season, and it's likely that they'll have a couple of years in Oakland, which is weird in itself. I think it's 2020 is the, is the time frame. Like even if you like if you're Oakland and you know you're losing your team, and I know San Diego had this to a lesser extent because it was up in the air, but you know they're not going. How do you turn up in your full black hole makeup and? get excited for a team you know you're losing in two years' time. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, that kind of frustrates me. And then, you know, you look if it's next season. So they've got the NFC East and AFC East next year. So if you're a Giants fan, if you're a Patriots fan, if you're a Dolphins fan, you're not going to make the one road game you go to that year, Las Vegas. There people will turn up in their tens of thousands. And it will be like we had with the Chargers this year, where... When certain teams faced them, the Broncos, the Raiders, it felt like a home game for those teams. And that's not conducive to a successful franchise. We'll hear from the Vikings players later about how important that new stadium has been to them and the atmosphere there. And even though I told them I like them playing in the cold, you know, that that means something to players and coaches and fans. And it's just not going to exist in Las Vegas. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. It's a move which is not endorsed or condoned by the Gridiron Show. I like that you've gone down that route. Um couple of uh, OC appointments. The Jags have picked Nathaniel Hackett in over Chip Kelly as their offensive coordinator. Weird. Ooh, okay. Weird one to me, this. Why, appointing the guy who's been the quarterback coach that oversaw Blake Bortles' complete decimation of anything which made him a half-decent quarterback as your new offensive coordinator to be the man to fix Blake Bortles. That seems like a bizarre move to me. I was encouraged by Doug Marone. I get it's a guy from inside his staff. They're keeping some continuity there. I don't like it. I don't like it. And especially we saw the progress that Kaepernick especially, especially made with, uh, with Colin Kaepernick, uh, with uh, Chip Kelly. So, uh, you know, and, and what else, uh, what happened back in um, Philadelphia as well. It's a strange, strange move. I don't like it. I don't like it. I think, it, I think it's rather inward looking and um, not ambitious enough. And the other interesting one is Rick Dennison. Rick Dennison is the new offensive coordinator in Buffalo, formerly the Denver offensive coordinator uh, following Gary Kubiak there, going to the Super Bowl with Denver, but hardly an electric offense while he was there. Um, There are reports that it could be good for Tyrod Taylor. Um, A lot of people assumed he's gone in Buffalo, but um, he was the... uh, Dennison was the quarterback's coach in Baltimore when Tyrod Taylor was the backup to to Joe Flacco. There's familiarity there. But also, um, there's this thing with Baltimore wanted to keep Tyrod. Tyrod left because he felt like he wanted to go and get a starting job. A lot of people in Baltimore still feel like he would have been the natural successor to Joe Flacco two, three years down the line. But when you're a young quarterback, you want to be playing games. You want to be getting out there and getting on. And I, I think Tyrell Taylor's an underrated quarterback by many people. Good down the field thrower, great with his legs. Okay, his accuracy in the intermediate and, and near levels isn't as good as it should be. But I think with Rick Dennison, you've probably got the right guy to work with him if you're going to develop him. I know there's big money involved with keeping Tyrell Taylor. But honestly, outside of going and getting a Romo, going and getting a Jay Cutler, 
I don't think see Buffalo as that sort of team. They've got so much money invested in their defensive line and their defense overall. I don't think they can afford to do that because that's an extra... You're taking the cap hit on Tyrod if it's after March the 11th, and then you're taking the cap hit of whatever Romo's going to cost you, etc. Just none of it really makes sense to me. I think... I mean, it'd be interesting if Tyrod Taylor wants to stay there because he was placed on the inactive, as inactive in the last game of the season. I know that annoyed him. I know that personally. He texted me. <laughs> uh, I ju- I'm not sure whether Tyrod, Tyrod would, want, would want to stay in an organisation which benched him. They didn't even bench him. They got rid of him. So does I my, think... Does my chai latte have honey in it? Sorry? Does my chai latte have honey in it? Tastes like it has honey in mine. I don't know. Did you mine, ask for honey in one of them? No, mine tasted really nice. Mm. They're exactly the same. Maybe she put something in one of them. <laughs> Hoping to spike <laughs> the hunter. <Yeah. laughs> you never know. You're just going to leave me slumped in a corner in pret a <laughs> near uh, St Pancras. Definitely will. But <laughs> I, I think Tyrotelli will be a quarterback thoroughly in demand. There are a lot of teams that need a quarterback. If the, if the Buffalo Bills have pissed them off, I... I don't expect Tyra Taylor to be in Buffalo next season. Let's talk about these games this weekend. Sunday night, Hippodrome, Ollie, me, a lot of other people, uh, Sam, Adam, uh, I can't think who else is coming. There are other people coming. All the, the guys from our fantasy league, Rich and Kempy and Dixon. and The yeah, Mike White. If you were, the Mike White is going to be there. If you're a fan of our old show, Dixon is going to be there. You know, the, I mean, we could I mean, do a podcast after the late game. Dixon will be there. So, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> Intonate that as you feel necessary. Delete as, as possible. But do you want to go... Let's get uh, rid of the first one first. <laughs> let's get rid of the first one first. You mean... The, the second one. Let's get rid of the second one first. Fine. Steelers, Patriots. I asked the Vikings guys about this. What did you make of the Antonio Brown video incident? Because we didn't talk about this on the last show. Because it was the longest show ever. What did you make? Um... It was silly, but I think it's been a bit blown out of proportion. And I, actually, I think the team have acted in a way that means that I think they've reacted in a way of how they feel they should react. And actually, I don't think it's that big a deal. Spoiler alert for the Vikings conversation, but that's what I found interesting. That as players, they said they felt the freelancing Terence Newman thing had been blown out of proportion, which I saw as a bigger deal, and that the Antonio Brown thing was something quite serious. I feel the other way around about it. So maybe that just shows the horrendous media bias. But this is a team that the Patriots have beaten and beaten handily the last two times out over the last two years. But there was no Big Ben for the Steelers when they played them this year. Landry Jones was in there. No Le'Veon Bell last year because he was suspended for that game. Yes, Pats won both. And yes, New England held Le'Veon Bell to just 81 yards this, this year. But that was with Landry Jones and not Ben. If there's going to be somebody who you think is going to be able to go to Foxborough and, and run on this team and run on this New England defence that have been so improved down the stretch, but it feels like we talked about the Steelers' defence, how they hadn't come up against a good team. The Patriots have been great on defence the last eight, nine weeks, but who have they really come up against? Who are the good quarterbacks they've come up against this year? Because you'd maybe say Russell Wilson was the only guy they've come up against. And they lost. And, and they lost and he absolutely torched them. So... You feel like with those three, they've got a chance. Yeah, but how, Big Ben has not been playing anywhere near his last season or two seasons ago. And the last three or four games, he's been abject. That, he's, he's only been, he's been got out of jail by the likes of Antonio Brown and Le, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell had 200 
yards from scrimmage last last week. That's insane. And I'd, I'd expect a lot more dink and dunk, a lot more of Le'Veon Bell from, from out of the backfield, akin to what Dion Lewis and James White do for, for the Patriots. I think that Mike Tomlin, if he... Maybe I'm, I'm giving, giving him, him too much, uh, him credit. Too much credit, but he might want to beat the, the Patriots the way the Patriots play. There's a really interesting situation with this game. The Chiefs, in the fourth quarter last weekend, they, re- they should have made this adjustment a lot earlier, particularly with Andy Reid, who's a coach I like. They switched to this kind of hybrid 3-4 front in the fourth quarter, where really it wasn't a 3-4. Really it was like a 5-1 with a nickel defensive back. And what you're doing in that situation is... The, with Le'Veon Bell, you've got that great outside zone run. You've got his patience behind the line. And what you're essentially doing is you're playing five defensive linemen. Okay, two of them are outside linebackers, but you're going out there and you're forcing them to, you're forcing them to play like a, a gap scheme. And I don't think that offensive line is designed to do that. I think that offensive line is designed to move with Le'Veon Bell. It's designed to block guys on the outside, to spring him, but not necessarily if you're just getting a wall of pressure. And it'd be interesting to see if the Patriots do that from early on. They play a 3-4 defense, and, and they could have... if. if Bill Belichick is, is, is the man that we all know he is. Thank you very much, mate. You're going to pick up my coat for me. I love that we've just been mopped around and they're acting like this is just absolutely nothing. I'm wearing a headset, Christ sake. At least you're just talking into a normal microphone. All right, Billy, big, big uh, No, but I'm just saying I look ridiculous. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> you, you are ridiculous. Um, look. And, and I think my feeling on it is that would be what the Patriots would need to do. But I also think if we're going to give Tomlin some credit, what they did do against the Chiefs was... They played a lot of three-receiver sets, which forces those chief safeties deep, which allows them to run the ball. I think against the Patriots, because you know that actually you don't mind the fact that they're going to come and block the run because you fancy the matchups, Brown against their defensive backs, one-on-one, those sorts of things that actually you move back to what the Steelers have done this season with Le'Veon Bell, which is two tight end sets, heavy sets, an extra back in, an extra full sure. back in. And then you, you really... You know, make sure you're stout up front to help with that run. And that's what's going to be... I'm just really fascinated the first quarter of that game to see how that defense lines up, how that offensive line lines up, and how the, the Steelers try to spring the run and how the Patriots try to stop the run. And if the Steelers... They, they, Chris Wessling came up with an, a brilliant stat on the Around the NFL podcast. The Patriots haven't allowed a 90-plus yard running game from a running back in 24 games, Right. The Steelers this season, when Le'Veon Bell goes over 90 yards, are 9-0. and Wow. So, so that's where it's going to be won and lost. Th- that is, for me, where it's going to be won and lost. What, what are your thoughts on that Steelers defense? James Harrison has not been uh, practicing as much in the early part of the, the week. I, I don't know um, over the last couple of days. We've got Ryan Shazier, who has really come along. What can we expect from the defense going up against that offensive line, which does so well to protect Tom Brady? And then Tom Brady has that ability to get that ball out really quickly. So I, I think what can we expect? There? I think third down is going to be absolutely huge. I third downs are huge in any game. I think third downs specifically going to be Hot huge takes here with Will Gavin because <laughs> you talked about Shazier, Lawrence Timmons is another one. Yeah. Um, Harrison is another one. Those are areas where those guys really come into their own. The Steelers play pretty basic zone coverage, and what they do with their front seven is they, they've continued on the the Dick LeBeau tradition of really confusing blitz fronts really like you know throwing in six on the line and then actually dropping four of those into cover and only bring like all sorts of nuts things like that and I think you're gonna have to try and confuse Tom Brady if you've got any opportunity and actually what you're gonna have to do 
is um, do I, I forget which game it was uh, over last weekend I think it might have been the Cowboys game where they were talking about the Cowboys actually brought out some packages which they'd not used all season and you might need to have that if you're the Steelers you might need to have something in your pocket to say here's something we've not done this year to confuse Bill Belichick to allow the Shazirs the Timmons those guys to get pressure because Romo Cornell moved Jadavion Clowney Whitney Mer- Merciless around a lot and that stopped the Patriots from getting their run game going because it did confuse the front. Patriots, it's similar to the other side. If they can get their run game going and then you get mismatches, you get someone like Lawrence Timmons, Timmons mismatched over the middle against Incredleman or even Michael Bennett going deep against someone like that. Okay, they've, tell us. They've, they've, yeah, sorry, not the, not the defensive end from yeah, yeah. Uh, Seattle. Um, you, you, you then come up with a situation where they are going to get beat for big chunk plays. You almost, if you're the Steelers, want to let the Patriots move the ball, but slowly. Yeah. Let, let them get little bits of run. Let them get, if you let them get those big chunk plays, which they've been doing this year, they've become a much better downfield team. I think the, the Pats yeah, will win. I, mean, I still think the Pats will win, but I just think the Steelers coach a really good game and they've got a chance. So, Pats by how many? I think it might not be tight. I think... 30-20 is what I've got in my head, and that might even be with a late Steelers score. I'd love the Steelers to win it, but unfortunately I think the Pats I think will. the Steelers, from a neutral perspective, at the Super Bowl in three weeks' time, the Steelers, two weeks' time, sorry, blimey, two weeks' time, that's scary. Um, the Steelers against either of those other two offences is going to be really exciting. Um, the other side of it, the Patriots... If you're a nerd, it's going to be exciting because you're going to want the scheme and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We'll be up by then. Live being chucked out of Pret. Should we, <laughs> we just leave that in? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know. Right. What the game got? that everybody... I've have got... Um, I think it will be 35-27, something like that. Beautiful. Eight points, lots of points. Eight points difference, lots of points being scored. Um, let's move on to... We've got eight minutes. Let's move on to the early game. Packers at at the Falcons. Our international series party at Bloomsbury. 33-32, that late game. Packers, UK were in the house. What a game it was. Aaron Rodgers destroyed them in the first half. And that Dan Quinn defense, which he has brought in from Seattle, that cover three, they kind of... They've got much better down the stretch at that. Keanu Neal has really grown into the role and been really impressive. I thought he was excellent last week, yep. But you've got no Desmond Trufant. You've got Rodgers' play up. Cook making a big difference. They didn't have a run game in that game. I think Aaron Rukowski was their leading rusher. Now they've got C-Mike and Ty Montgomery. I just... This is really set up for the Packers to go out and score 40 points. Stop it, stop it. (coughs) And they've got... The best QB, the QB with the best presence in the NFL, and he's brilliant in pass protection. And Robert Olford is a good corner, but he's not a number one like Desmond Trufant. I kind of feel like this, this is set up for the Packers to score 40 points, but it's also probably set up for Atlanta to score 40 points. No Geordie. Yeah, no Geordie. No, no Sounds Geordie, like Devontae no Adams might be back, but it didn't, didn't impact them last, last no. week. Didn't impact them at all. No, you're right. Uh, I think actually where... It's going to be won and lost. The Packers' offense is going to put up points on the, on the Falcons' defense. Where it's going to be won and lost is if that Packers' defense can start making some plays. And I think it was two years ago, Julio Jones had a 200-yard game against this defense. Now, 
Julio Jones likes playing the Packers. If they can keep him quiet, maybe if he goes off the field again with, with that surf toe, that's where they have a chance. Otherwise, I could see the, the Falcons' def- uh, offense being too good for this Packers defense. Just really interesting. I was reading a piece from um, Andy Benoit on the MMQB website talking about that very issue with Julio Jones because he actually only had three catches against the Packers earlier this year. Didn't go for a huge number of yards. They had no Tevin Coleman at that point. And so there's a question on how the Packers are going to counter their passing game. Now, what you've had is Ladarius Gunter traveling. Like this guy was the fourth, fifth corner on your depth chart at the start of the season. He's traveling with number one receivers and then getting safety help from the likes of Micah Hyde or someone over the top. The problem is, is when you double team Julio Jones and when he's gone under 50 yards or three catches this season, the Falcons are 6-0. and because you might say to yourself, Julio Jones is so much of their game, but if you take him out with two defenders, if you can't man up with one guy, if you can't put a Richard Sherman, although he put Richard Sherman in a clown suit in the first half last week, but if you don't have that great press man corner who can take him out of the game single-handedly, then you're committing too much to him when they've also got the best running back tandem. They've got Matt Ryan playing like an MVP. Taylor Gabriel making plays all over the shop. You've got those tight ends, Toy Lolo, Hooper, um, who have come, who've come into their own over the, this season especially. It's, that Falcons offense is, is stacked all over the place. And I think if you, if you look at it and break it down, is the Packers offense better, better than the Falcons offense Against the against the Packers, do you know what I mean? If the, is the Packers offense against the Falcons better than the Falcons offense against the Packers defense? And that's how, I mean, it's football. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's, it. And, and I think this will be another tight one, but a tight, high-scoring one. They really can do it all. The Falcons defense, it, the offense, it is terrifying. But um, I, I tell you what is the the one area that I think they've got a chance, and what the Falcons do. Both their running backs as a tandem are really exciting, but they're both really good outside zone guys. They're both good guys who are good in the passing game. They're actually not dissimilar in terms of the runs they run. They just do them in different ways. Got a big bruiser who gets up front in Devonta Freeman. You've got a bit more of a, an elusive guy in Tevin Coleman. But actually, it's hard to run that scheme against that Packers front four. And you saw that last week. I know that Ezekiel Elliott got 140 yards and whatever and and he had quite a few big chunk plays but actually it almost felt like the Packers were like fine we'll let you run that but we're not going to give you third downs it was that kind of bend don't break philosophy they were using that four man front and not giving similar to what I was saying about the Steelers Patriots game don't give up big plays let them move the ball make them play long drives to keep them out on the field rely on your defense and you've got a shot what I thought was fascinating as well. Ladarius Gunter. So if you get to the Super Bowl and if the Steelers are your opposition and Ladarius Gunter continues to travel with the number one receiver, his playoff run has been Odell Beckham, Des Bryant, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown. That guy will deserve the MVP of the postseason (laughs) if you win the Super Bowl this (laughs) year, hands down. Because even if he's given up plays to those guys, that is hard. That is like week after week preparing for those guys. That is hard work. I am taking, I just think the Aaron Rodgers streak is too hot for me. I'm taking the Packers in a tight one, similar sort of scoreline to last time. Two, three points in it, 34-31, 33-30, something in that region, but I'm taking the Pack. I'm taking the Pack. Heart over head. Of course you were. Of course. (laughs) Uh, Running the table, running uh, running the playoffs, there is so much momentum with this team. So much momentum. I'd be devastated if we lose. But 
I'm shading with the Packers. Right, shall we go to our conversation with the guys from the Minnesota Vikings? Because we asked them about the Packers and what it's like to go up against a guy like Aaron Rodgers twice a season. And particularly Anthony Barr is interested to hear what he had to say and Harrison Smith about what you do against him as a defensive back and what you do against him as a guy who has to contain him in the pocket. Fascinating stuff about that. And just a fascinating chat in general. It's a good solid half an hour long, this. So enjoy it. Uh, give us your feedback, please, at Gridiron. We'd love to hear from you. So this is our chat with... I introduced them in there as well, but we start off by talking... I'm just going to leave this in, talking to Harrison Smith about him getting his, uh, his pilot's license at the start. How did you Big get into time. flying? I saw that on ESPN. That's amazing. Um, I just kind of wanted something to do uh, in the off-season, and my, my dad actually got his license too. Um, he hasn't used it in many years, but... I don't know, I was, just, I was always kind of interested, a little scared of it, and uh, just another challenge to do. You know, and when this doesn't work out, the football thing, <laughs> you've got, you could be a, 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 an airline pilot, right? I think I'd have a lot of years ahead of me before that. <laughs> 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 uh, well, look, we're here with Harrison Smith, with Eric Kendricks, with Anthony Barr of the Minnesota Vikings, these guys out here on the NFL UK tour. First of all, how are you enjoying your time in the UK? Harrison, I know you came over about four years ago, but how are the, the other guys enjoying uh, time interacting with the UK fans uh, I think it's been great um, my uh, the biggest surprise for me is just how knowledgeable the fans are and how uh, the interaction the interactions we've had with them have been uh, pretty interesting they've asked great questions um, the audiences that we've had have been awesome so um, I've, ha- I've enjoyed my time so far yeah I was at the, I was at the degree you know um, didn't know what to expect really you know uh, but it's been a great show and we've got some great questions and uh, talked about football is it much different to when you came over four years ago, Harrison? As far as the fans go, um, not really, because they were. I was shocked back then how how much knowledge they had of the game, and not just of like one team, but the entire NFL. Um, but it's been it's been nice to see different cities and um, you know meet the people in, in different spots and check out the different cultures. But the the fans they've got it together over here. We asked people on Twitter if uh, if they had any questions for you, and somebody asked whether you'd kept up with any of the Yorkshire Vikings guys. When we had you in TalkSport, that was on the day after you'd been out with the Yorkshire mm. Vikings guys. And I seem to remember you and Sully and Carl were feeling a little worse for wear that morning. Yeah, those guys are, uh, <laughs> those guys are tough to keep up with. <laughs> but um, I follow all of them on Twitter. So, you know, we don't personally interact, but I always like see what they're up to. And it's, you know, it's kind of cool just to see what they're doing. You've not become a massive cricket fan then in the meantime? Um. I have much respect for what they do <laughs> after, <laughs> after uh, going to batting practice with them. Uh, yeah, it was tough to hit that ball. <laughs> uh, awesome. In terms of the, the fan interaction you've had, what's the kind of the, the, the best question you've had? What's been the most intriguing to you from what people want to know about? Um, we had a good question yesterday. It was about uh, college compared to the pros, and I feel like uh, that's a question we don't get, get a lot. And it allowed us to you know, elaborate on our, on, our, on our past as well as our, our present and just our experiences throughout, throughout our career. It's interesting because having three of you guys over at the same time, obviously kind of young guys all coming out of the draft within three or four years of each other and, and watching the way this, this kind of defense has grown over recent years. I want to I ask you about how this season's gone because a lot of us like the Vikings for at least a playoff team this year of not going all the way, being a Super Bowl team. And you obviously had the roughest offseason starting off with Teddy's injury. I mean, what kind of impact did that have on the squad right from, from day one almost? Uh, that, I remember that day... Um very vividly. I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, it was un- unlike anything I'd ever seen um, during uh, during practice. And we kind of shut the shut the day down, and everyone kind of had time to kind of reflect and think about it. But uh, I think what it did was it brought it clo- brought us closer together. We uh, we wanted to play for him because um, he 
means so much to us. He's a he's a great person, uh, a great player. And so I think as bad as that injury was, it kind of gave us a little extra momentum going into the season. And um, so we started off pretty hot and then obviously kind of fell apart um, towards the end of the season. But um, that was a, that was definitely a big moment for, for us. Because, I mean, it wasn't just the injury to Teddy, but then you obviously had uh, Adrian goes down, uh, the, make the big trade for Bradford, but then you see linemen dropping down left, right, and center. And there was a point where you're just going, <laughs> we can't catch right. a break right now. Yeah, if it was if it was one thing, it was the other. And um, that, that it was tough. But I think one thing I definitely appreciated and um, respected was just how much um, we stuck together. No matter how hard it got, no matter who got injured, uh, we always played together and for one another. And uh, that was pretty cool. Harrison, I was interested to see today the comments from uh, from AP talking about, you know, uh, agents have been talking about other maybe landing spots with him. He's obviously got a huge contract for next year, and you guys don't need to talk about the money side of it. But mm. in terms of what Adrian is to the Vikings as a brand, as a team, moving to that new stadium and, and having that talisman, you've got to want to still have him around next season, surely. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 a running back that you just, you, you know, there's, there's not a lot of people made like him. Um, so you obviously want to play with that guy instead of against him. Yeah, I was going to say you don't want him going and, uh, anywhere in the <laughs> NFC North, that's for sure. Yeah, and um, you know just what he mean, what he's meant, um, and still means to Minnesota and to the Vikings franchise. You know he's been the face of it for however many years now. Um, so yeah, it's uh, you know it's definitely hard to envision him in, in another color. And, and like you said, we we don't get to make decisions, but um, you know we definitely want to play with that guy. Uh, we spoke to Cordero Patterson the last time you guys came over and played, and there was a lot of hype about how he would progress as a as a as a wide receiver, as a player. Uh, he's had a bit of criticism last season, especially. How do you feel he's overcome that this season? You guys go up against him every day in practice, and he's actually improving, or he was improving during the season, week in week out, right? Yeah, you know. Um he only had one option, you know, to, to go into the season, and that was to go hard and, and, and work hard and, and get the job done, and, and he did it. And uh, we can count on him on Sundays, and we know as soon as he was going to get that ball on the, on the kickoff return, you know, he was going to hit it full speed. And, I mean, I, I can't think of too many players that are, are as hard to tackle as he is. Um, he's, a, he's a great athlete, and when he has the ball in his hands, he's, a, he's, a, he's the biggest threat on the field. Who is the hardest person you've ever had to tackle just out of interest? Mm. Uh... <laughs> I'll just, you know, I'll say Eddie Lacy. Um, he's just a big, big boy, and then he got a good line, so they get a little bit of push, and then he has a little big bit of extra push. Big statement, right? Yeah. <laughs> Are we talking fat Eddie from last year, or <laughs> he's, 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 he's bigger than me, so you know, I gotta, I need a little bit of help from my teammates, and that's why these guys over here are hitting them with me. Well, we definitely want to ask a, a bit more about the Packers, but just focusing kind of one last thing on, on this season, uh, there was that bizarre incident it was against the Packers, the, the kind of freelancing incident where, as we heard it in the media, Terrence Newman and, uh, and Xavier Rhodes, Xavier was due to match up man with Jordy and, and move around the field with him, and, and Terrence ends up uh, deciding that they're going to take a side of the field, even though that's against what Coach Zimmer said. You guys who are in front of that, certainly in the linebacking core, are you aware of when something like that is going on, that, that there is something happening behind you that, that maybe isn't going down so well? Uh, no, I, I had no idea about it. Um, and I think, I think it was, the whole thing was kind of blown out of proportion um, at the end of the day. You know, I think there might just, it was mostly just a miscommunication uh, between coaches and players, and I think it got corrected pretty uh, quickly. Um, but it was an incident. But at the time, when I'm on the field, I 
I'm so focused on the game that I'm not exactly you know sure who's guarding who at the moment. Because I mean that's the thing that kind of stunned us is that Terrence Newman is seen as a Mike Zimmer guy. He was with him in Cincinnati. He was with him in Dallas. He came with him to, to Minnesota and was that you know that extra veteran presence on your quite young defense. That was what stunned me about it. Is it just didn't seem right at the time. I'll, I mean, I'll answer this especially as a DB. The way that it that whole thing got like portrayed in the media was so untrue. Um, it, it truly was like a miscommunication for like four plays. Um, and like the way it came out was like we were having like meetings talking about how we're going to do different things, which is insane. Um, of all the people in our locker room, Terrence Newman is always going to do what Coach Zimmer says over anybody. Um, so that, you know, it was just a miscommunication that got blown way out of proportion. I'm not going to lie. If there's a coach I'm not messing with in the NFL, yeah. it might be yeah. Coach Zimmer no as well. Question. No question. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Somebody did actually ask us when we asked on Twitter just how uh, just how scary Mike Zimmer is. Chris asked us on Twitter, but you know, from the guy that you know in meetings, in whether it's in film, whether it's on the on the practice field, is, is he as scary as he does come across on the such line? I would say you know um, he's very consistent though. You know um, you know what to expect every day. He's going to act the same. He's not going to you know. He's not going to act one way one day, and you know he's going to be even kill, and he's going to act exactly the same. And it, you know, as a coach, that's all you can ask for. You know, just a consistent um, coach. What about you guys? What's your experience of Mike Zimmer? Yeah, he's he can definitely get after you, but he's uh, you know, like Eric said, you appreciate it because he's always he's always one hundred percent honest, and he's just going to tell you how it is. And you know, we'll be we'll be down however many points or we'll be up a couple touchdowns and if you mess up a play especially you know something that we know what to do on defense he's going to get on you just because he knows that you know that's that's not how we do things and you know you appreciate that drive to be great and uh, to coach us to be the best that we can be no matter you know what the scenario is. Uh, Anthony, I'm in- intrigued with you on that because certainly 12 months ago we were talking about you as the kind of young heartbeat of this defense, the guy that was going to take them forwards along with, well, everyone in this room really. Uh, it- it's been a tougher year for you. The numbers necessarily haven't b- been there. Uh, what have you put that down to this year? What are you gonna- planning to work on this year to-, to make sure that that's back up there at the level we've kind of come to expect? Um, no, I'm-, I'm not exactly sure. No, I think about the course of the season. Um, Things happen, things don't happen. You make plays, you don't make plays. And for whatever reason, I didn't make as many as I have in the past. And um, it's frustrating. And you know, I expect I, no one expects more from themselves or from me than myself. You know, so my expectations are always going to be high. And um, I, I think I owe it to these guys to play better. And I, uh, I plan on doing so. I, I wanted to ask you guys about. Uh I don't know if you've seen, you guys have been so busy over the last few days, but I don't know if you've seen the news in the last couple of hours about Zach All's retirement from the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I mean, his situation, he, had, he was dealing with a cracked bone in his shoulder, went for an MRI scan, it revealed a, a, neck, a neck issue which could have been a long-term issue, and he just made the decision there and then, I'm done. You know, he's on the exciting young player, really on the road to doing something special in Baltimore, and... and you know, it kind of shows how short this career can be. But when you guys are out there and you guys hit hard as a defense and, and defensive players in general, how much does that side of the game? We've had things like Chris Borland retiring after one season, and I know you guys were doing some heads up drills on one of the days out here and, and showing people how to tackle properly. How much are you guys focusing on safety nowadays? Um, I definitely think it's a, it's an emphasis, emphasis. It's something the league has placed a huge emphasis on um, the last couple of years. Um, but I think 
in game and during the moment, it's nothing that crosses your mind. Um, you try to be as reckless and as uh, violent as possible, and you kind of understand the repercussions that come along with the game. And um, you, you, you're putting yourself out there, and you know, you, you, like I said, you know what's gonna, you know what could happen. Um, you try to play as as safe as possible while being as you know aggressive and violent. You try to find the fine line there, but it's n- it's never something that's crossed my mind while I'm playing. And Harrison, you're in that second contract. You're becoming one of the veterans at this point, hitting that kind of stage in your career. How have you seen it change over those five, six years? Um, you know, they've they really started incorporating more and more rules each year. And uh, as defensive guys, it's a, you know it's a little harder for us to play within those rules, but it's something that we have to do. Um, you know, one thing. I think you have to do as a player, you have to say, you know, you're either a hundred percent in or you're, or you're not, or you're not in so just cause it's that hard. It's that much of a grind uh, for a whole season. So you need to, you know, if you're not all the way in, um, then, then you probably shouldn't be out there, but you know, well, you know, with, or I, I feel for him cause he said if he could pass a physical, he'd be out there no matter what the risk. And that's, you know, how much he loves the game. So you you know you feel for a guy who who really wants to play but you know just can't. Harrison, you mentioned there are so many rules and things are changing the whole time. We saw um, the Bills running back Gillisley not quite understand the rules about picking up a ball once it's once it's been kicked off and it goes into his own end zone and they jump up, the other team jumps on it and there's a touchdown. How much do you study? the minutiae rules, those small rules. Every I, I feel like when you come back every season, you've got to be like, right, what's new in the book? Yeah. What have we got to pick yeah. up? Particularly as a, a defensive back in particular. It's, cause it's honestly every week that you have to, that something comes up every week like that. Um, and actually our special teams coach, Mike Prefer, does a great job. He shows us every play from around the league the week before um, where something like that comes up throughout the entire year. So you're So we're learning, you know, each each week about what's happening and, and trying to stay as current as possible and we're you know we're very well coached in in those areas uh, looking uh towards uh, we talked about the, the zach or stuff and, and the head injuries and, and definitely wanted to get through that I, I wanted to ask about um we're off to houston in a week's time incredibly excited for that but in a year's time we're going to be heading off to minneapolis to that incredible new stadium we got that game live on television here for the for the the first game in the stadium for you and we got to see it in its full splendor but we haven't experienced it on site there what has that move to us bank been like for you guys this season and how has it become the new home of the vikings it's been it's been smooth you know um i got i got i got lucky so i got to experience the outdoor and then the indoor but um the fans the fans are going to be there regardless you know we got a great set of fans and uh especially with that with that dome on it now uh it just makes it chaotic and loud there's part of me that wants you to play outside <laughs> i really enjoyed it last season and i know you had the rough ending to the the playoff game and, and the cold could definitely be i mean that must have been a tough game to play in in the cold but there's part of me that's like it gives you that bit of yeah. advantage i mean part of you thinks that you know there's, a, there's an advantage because there is but um i mean realistically you know that that that, that new stadium is is uh is off the hook and um I'm excited. I'm 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 extremely blessed to be able to play in there. What were your impressions of Twickenham today? Oh, it was insane. Yeah, it was. You know, all the stadiums that we've seen. Uh, I, I got to play in Wembley in 2013. Um, you know, which is kind of you know built more for your football, our soccer, and um, you know we kind of learned today that that Twickenham is 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 rugby, which actually fits fits the the American football game well for the fans because they're a little bit closer to us. Uh, so I think it'll be 
an electric environment and um just a lot of fun to be you know that close to the uk fans and and um have a good game for them what's fascinating to me about that that game you talk about from wembley in 2013 that steelers game what a great game it was first and foremost and coming down right to the final few plays and and ben tried to drive and you got the defensive stop but the that was the one of the first times where we saw the uk fan base really get it in terms of Home team, loud on defense, quiet on offense, stuff like that. And I think you're absolutely right. Twickenham is abs- it's better for tailgating. You're much closer to the stands. And I th- you're going to hear it. It's going to be loud. It feels there. far much more like an American stadium as well when it comes to a fan experience. So the, the concourse and stuff like that. But once you guys get out on that field... It will feel like an American stadium as well, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh, speaking of the Steelers, just I, I wonder, as we've got three players in front of us, and we talked about situations being overblown or not, what did you make of the Antonio Brown situation this week? Like, if that happens in your locker room, and I don't know, Adam Thielen or Carl Rudolph or someone decides to Facebook Live, I'm not picking on guys, I just thought I'd need a receiver to talk about. They, they go Facebook Live, you're, you guys, you're sat here with us now, maybe it's ironic for me to talk about how much media you've got to do, but... You've got that 10, 15 minutes to truly wind down, get it out of your system. Would you feel a little bit put off by the fact that somebody had shared that moment with the world? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, I think because what happens in between those doors, you know, after a game, right after a game, right before a game, um, in the locker room during you know practice days, you know, that's kind of you, you want to keep all that stuff in, indoors, and you want to keep that within family. You know, you want to keep family business, family business, and. Uh, I kind of, I mean, I understand what he was doing. You know, and he was excited there, just you know, had a huge win, and I'm sure he was, he wasn't even thinking. He, he probably regrets, you know, what he did. But um, I, I know our coach would. I can, you know, I we couldn't about imagine about that, yeah. what you know, how that would go down, how that would play out, you know. So um, I, I, I kind of sympathize with him because I know he, he regrets it, but at the same time, you got, you kind of, you got to be smart in that. I've been on the wrong end of a Mike Tomlin ear licking already in my career from when they, in fact, when they were here playing you, uh, stayed around in the locker room a little too long asking questions I got told where to go and so I can only imagine <laughs> that Antonio Brown's been getting it a little bit this week but it does intrigue me that how much that means to players because a lot of people in the media have always go ah it's not a big deal but you know they've got these social media rules in place for a reason we get a great level of access with the NFL which you don't get with sport over here and you saw it with someone like Richard Sherman after the uh, championship game a few years ago guys I, it must be the moment you come off a game particularly if it's ended on like a late play or something like that I can't even imagine what your adrenaline levels are like at that point. You're, you're very emotional, you know, especially at, at, right after a game, you know, win or loss. So, um, I mean, I think we have like four minutes before, before, the <laughs> before we invade. Yeah, and it's just like we, we haven't even changed yet and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you're still upset, you know, I, I don't know if anyone has ever been upset, I mean, but four minutes, you know, to calm down, um, you know, things happen. Well, we had it with that German TV presenter with Kirk Cousins. Oh, uh, with the, with, no, with the kicker, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, was it with the kicker? Yeah, he, he, the, that was the PR yeah, pulling was, him yeah, off the that field. Was, that was a that bizarre was situation. Funny. That was, that was in London as well after the overtime uh, loss. Um, we've got to ask you with the games this weekend. You guys are on a great team. Seems like a great spirit. But one thing you've got to do twice a year is go up against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> and varying, you know, uh, form against them this year. But seeing... I partic- I'm particularly interested from you, Anthony, as a guy that... You, your job is to get to the quarterback, to, to stop them in the backfield. And when you've got guys that good outside the pocket, you can flush out to the left and make a throw like he did to Jared Cook at the end across his body. When you're focusing on that, are you having to think differently about Aaron Rodgers to how you think about another quarterback in the league? 
Yeah, I mean, he's, he, there's probably one or two, maybe three quarterbacks that you have to rush a certain way and you have to have a certain game plan for. Um, some quarterbacks are not as mobile, obviously, and you can the D-line can kind of just pin their ears back and kind of uh, attack. But when you play a guy like uh, Aaron, you know, you want to kind of cage him, keep him in the pocket. And um, honestly, I think we do – every time we play them, I think we play them tough. I think we give them a hard, a hard time because, you know, we see them twice a year and we, we have to. And um, – uh, obviously, they got the better of us uh, this this past game, but uh, he's definitely a, a, a dual threat, a literal, a literal dual threat quarterback in, the, in this game. Harrison, I'm interested from you as a guy that works out in that in that backfield. When you know that a star receiver like Jordy Nelson is not going to be playing, does that lift your spirits, or are you not bothered about that? You're just you're just worried about whoever's going to be coming up against you um, later on that game. Um, I mean, you, you want to play against the best, um, but at the same time, you know, the game plan is normally, you know, not based, but it's affected by um, who's out there. So, you know, if, if, if Jordy's not out there, uh, maybe you can spend, you know, a little more time uh, helping out covering Cobb um, or helping out on Cook. So, so all that does really from a, def, you know, a defensive back standpoint is you, you get to help on, on other good players that they have, and they have them across the board. Um, you know, when Jordy went out, I think it was against the Giants, uh, you know, Cobb had three touchdowns. So, you know, there's a lot to cover with that team. And it just gives you a, a little more as far as options uh, helping out with other guys. When it comes to you guys are no longer in, in, in the playoffs and obviously you're over here, how much are you going to digest the football, the playoff football that's been played now? And surely as Vikings, every fiber of your body wants the, those Falcons to win, right? Or doesn't it matter? You, you're, you're kind of happy to see a good game and whoever gets through gets through. I mean, we want to be there. So, I mean, yeah. at this point, it's just like, I, I mean, I don't have a favorite, you know. Um, does, does it being a divisional rival, does that weigh on you guys? Is that something that, you know, you'll get in uh, after, after the draft, you get into OTAs and everything else, and it's a case of, right, we saw them go all the way this year, go to the championship game, whatever they end up doing. We want to be there. We don't want to see Aaron Rodgers there. We don't want to see those guys there. How much is that going to be motivation for the team? To me, that's that's not that's not our style. Um, our style is to worry about us. And um, you know, I'll definitely watch the games because I like watching as a fan. But um, we're competitors, and if we're not in it, we don't. You know, we we honestly don't care about the outcome. You're not we, still here on Sunday night, right? Yeah. You don't no. have to. You're not going to have to do the till four a.m. watching the games. Up no. And, <laughs> uh, just kind of finishing and looking forward to next season a little bit. We've got a few quick questions. We got off off Twitter as well, if you don't mind. But uh, there's a lot of talent in this room. A couple of first round picks, second round pick, and certainly Thanks, you're, <laughs> you're you're a defense we've been really excited to watch this season and, and the way you've developed. So what needs to happen next year to go from 8-8 eight and eight, or last year to go from a, a playoff game to, to taking that next step and making sure that you guys are, are that NFC North team who are representing when it comes down the stretch? Um, I just think it's, it's executing in the, in the very crucial moments of the game. Like I'm, there's a couple of games this year where we kind of shut our offense down up until maybe the last drive or two and you know, they get a late touchdown or a late field goal that puts them ahead and you know they end up winning the game so um i think we played great defense all year uh, obviously there's areas to improve on but i think when it matters most is when we need to execute at, at our highest level and we didn't do that consistently this year 
So we did a few quick questions off Twitter then just to finish off. Uh, feel free to jump in, answer them wherever you want. I think a lot of these are the sort of things you've probably been asked in the live things, but uh, best player you've ever faced? Best player? <clears throat> I mean, that's a toss-up. Uh, Julio. That's what I was going to say. You know, um, he's a freak. He's a, Julio's a freak. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a freak. Um, we played against Russell Wilson when he was, when he was balling. I mean, there's a lot of good players in the NFL. You've been put in some tough situations. Yeah. There's, no, there's, no, uh, <laughs> there's no denying that. Well, you, Harris, is there anyone you've lined up across and just thought, wow, that's... Yeah, I mean, everybody, Eric, just mentioned. Um, you know, I, I played against Marshawn. I don't know if you guys did or not. I think you might have missed him. Um, he was, he, you know, for me as a running, you know, facing running backs, he was, he was the toughest that I've had to bring down. Um, but, but it's every week. Every week there's, you know, an all-pro guy or a couple... There's no, there's no gimme games in the NFL. They're all, you've always got to bring your best. What about the best player you've played with? Then you can say someone in this room. You're more than welcome <laughs> to, but <laughs> That's a harsh don't, don't feel like you need to. You pick a college player, whoever, who's in the person I mean, who's I, really wowed you. I gotta say, Adrian. You know, I was, I was there in 2012 when he, you know, had a shot at Eric Dickerson's record, and just seeing what he did that year, um, it was, it was amazing, especially coming off an ACL. Um, I think like. In November before, so it, it was it was pretty wild. Played with, um, I think can say someone someone else <laughs> someone mentioned this the other day, but kind of a, an unprecedented guy, guy that doesn't get any attention. Our, our punt returner, Marcus Sherrills. Um he can you put him on football field and ask him to do something, he's going to go do it and be better at it than anyone else on the football field. So um, I'm gonna have to go with him. Love that, Eric. Um, I would say you know Adam Thielen. You know um, I say I say that because. Uh, He's a guy that, when he's put in on offense, he makes all the crazy, incredible catches that that are needed in, 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 the, in the right times. But then you have a guy also who is out there running down on kickoff and special teams and making incredible plays that are not, that no one else can make and, and, and crazy tackles and, and big, big, huge momentum swings for us. And uh, that's pretty that's pretty good to do from, from a wide receiver. You know, I respect that that uh, that go get it factor he has. It's some proof this year. As yeah, well. as I was gonna say, it's been nice to see him improved. getting getting those that respect. Uh, and, and funny, the kind of biggest influence on your career, I think when they were asking this, they were thinking a, a player or a former player, someone you look up to, but, you know, it could be a coach, it could be a family member. Who has really made Eric Kendricks the man he is today? Oh, oh that's, I mean, that's easy. That's, that's my, my big brother, you know. I mean, um, when, when I was unsure, you know, when I was just playing as a kid just for fun, you know, I saw him take it to the next level and I saw him, you know, do things that, Gave me the confidence to go then go out there and do it, and uh, you know he was he's always been you know that role model telling me what I can, what I can't do. You know, always been my encouragement. So I mean, I'm lucky to have that. that you guys and, and you both started so well this season as well. Mm-hmm. I can imagine those phone calls, those family meetings, being yeah. like ten and over between yeah. us. We're going all the way, and then I got it for you. Really am. Where are you, Harrison? Um, you know, as far as yeah, I mean, I've had a ton of of help along the way as far as coaches and older, you know, vets I've been around and things like that. Uh, two, two of the best vets, uh, you know, Terrence Newman and then Antoine Winfield. Uh, so I was fortunate there, but definitely my family, you know, my, my mom and dad, you know, older brother, sister, that they're the ones that keep you grounded and kind of keep you, keep you, you, um, and, and driving to be better on and off the field. Yeah. I got to stay with the family thing. You know, my mom, for sure. You know, she wanted to put me in the football. She, 
probably loves it more than I do. And um, <laughs> that's saying a lot, you know, because I, I, I love the game. So, um, And it's not like Melvin Gordon where she refused to wear your jersey for the first season. Or like <laughs> no, <that>. no, <laughs> no. Uh, look, guys, it's been really good fun. And, and is there a message for the UK fans? You know, they're going to be coming out. This time you're the road team, not the home team. But I think that you can expect a fair few Vikings fans carried over from four years ago. So any message to those UK fans for who are coming out and the ones you met this week? and. Uh, just thank you. you know, thanks for the hospitality. Thanks for allowing us to come here and uh, play the game we love and uh, kind of share a passion of ours with you guys. And um, we appreciate uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. Go yeah. enjoy the game. Go get a go get a nice tailgate in. You know, mm-hmm. treat it real American and get the whole uh, you know kind of the whole day in uh, when we play here and uh, have fun. And we'll try to put on a, a good show for you. So you've got a buzz on come kickoff time and you make lots of noise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> guys, really good fun. Thank you very much for uh, taking time to speak to us. So that was Harrison Smith, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks. We're actually going to be talking to Eric Kendricks again on Radio Row. We've got that booked in for a chat with him on the Wednesday. I meant to say that to him while we were down there, actually. We'll see you in a couple of weeks in Houston. But, yeah, we've got Eric Kendricks booked in, so that's going to be really good fun to catch up with him again. I'm sure he'll be sick of us by that point. But there we go. And it sounds like they've genuinely had a really great time I think that towards uh, the end, uh, they they said beforehand they'd, they'd just woken up. And they were about to go on stage. They'd done, been travelling around the country. So they were, they were a little tired, but we did get some good stuff from them. And they're you know, genuine, genuinely nice guys. And I didn't, you know, I, I, from when the Vikings came over the first time, I really enjoyed being around the team. You know, it's, it's an M- NFC thing, NFC North thing, but I really do like these guys. Yeah, I, and they, they are likeable, and I enjoyed that chat Harrison immensely. Smith, wow, what a good-looking fella. Yeah, whoa, really good-looking. Whoa. Um, so you'll be able to hear some of that on the TalkSport 2 NFL show as well. And uh, on that point, when we go to the Super Bowl, we are going to be doing daily shows while we're out there. I don't think we're going to do a Sunday night show reviewing the Royal Rumble, but uh, I might try and talk Ollie and John into doing one with me. Uh, I really want to know how you're going to feel about it. It's... Utterly ridiculous, because the last few years with the Royal Rumble, there's been a really obvious winner. And this year, there's like 15 people they think could win it. So it actually could be quite exciting. Is The Rock going to uh, win it? The Rock is not involved, I'm afraid. Is Hulk Hogan Hulk win Hogan it? is not involved, I'm okay. afraid. That's it. That's why, that's why wrestling knowledge. You know The Undertaker? Yeah, but... He's I'm, in it. Is Kane? He might be. He might turn up very well. Beautiful. That's we it. are we've, we've right, been we given, the, given sign the signal. That by the it. lovely Basque lady. Get out. Thank uh, you. <laughs> She's not looking at me. No, no interest whatsoever. Uh, so yeah, get in like get in touch with us at Gridiron on Twitter. Hit us up if you've got any questions, anything like that. If you are in London, do come down and see us at the Hippodrome. We'd love to to meet up with more fans, and, and it'd be really great fun to catch up with you all. Um, and otherwise, we'll speak to you at the beginning of next week. Ollie, any final thoughts? No. Beautiful. Well, thank you for listening to the first ever PrepCast. We promise you we will do a proper pubcast yeah, at some yeah, point. Will, yeah. uh, and let's get out of here before all the other NFL fans kick out and we've got to get on the tube with the nerds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not what you were saying earlier. You just don't want to give out your signature, your autograph. The Billy Big Bollocks yeah. effect. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this, right, shut up, Ollie. You weren't sure, we've got to leave. <laughs> you weren't sure how much to charge. You're out of order. You're out of order. This has been The Gridiron Show. When did the word free stop meaning free? Buy one, get one free. Wait six months and then it's free. How about something a little more clear?
When you buy car or home insurance, you can choose a free gift with Confuse.com rewards, like green flag breakdown cover, a £20 Domino's or Halfords voucher, or a Now TV pass. Don't be confused. Be Confuse.com. Available on single annual policies, Now TV 18+, full T's and C's online.